Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people and learn about unconventional ways to live our best lives. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm a former teacher, mother in her MILF era, and wife. I have the incredible experience now of exploring topics and ways of living that I've always been curious about. The conversations on this pod are always relaxed, authentic, and might just teach you a thing or two. I promise that every episode will leave you with a deeper sense of self and understanding for those who are different from you. So get comfy cozy, grab a drink of your choice, and let's have some fun together. Today we have Kiki of Reiki with Kiki on the show. She's not your everyday intuitive empath. She is a powerhouse of holistic healing, energy work, and spiritual guidance. And honestly, she's just dope as hell, guys. She is a highly intuitive Virgo who called me out on my own Virgo bullshit the very first time that we met, even though I've been trying for years to be more laid back and type B. You just can't hide from her. Kiki's work serves to offer holistic healing, energy work, and spiritual guidance to awaken consciousness and assist in the spiritual journeys and growth of those that work with her. What makes Kiki truly extraordinary is her own awe-inspiring spiritual awakening story. After a near-death experience, she discovered her profound connection to the spiritual realm. In this episode, we delve into the captivating story of Kiki's transformation and how it connected her to her extraordinary gifts. With a unique blend of clairvoyance, clairsentience, and claircognizance, Kiki's authority in this field will captivate you as she shares her personal experiences and shows you how to tap into your own intuition. Kiki is a Reiki healer, meditation guide, and aids clients in past life regressions. And we also have a giveaway at the end of the episode, so stay tuned to learn more about our own offering that is going to let you continue on growing in your own spiritual journey. I can't wait for you guys to hang out with us. Kiki, welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You. I'm Kiki. Um, I am a Reiki master and energy healer. Um, so basically, really just, I feel like my mission in life is to help people in their awakening process and really serve them as uh, a tool for guidance and also um, a vessel for healing. Have you always been inclined to spirituality or were there like people growing up that influenced you in that way? Yeah, I love this question because I feel like it does play a huge part in your awakening journey or like when you awaken, how you awaken. Um, so my personal experience, my mom was always like very supportive around spirituality. She was, um, I didn't know like at the time when I was younger that she was spiritual. I just knew she was like very open to things. Um, like one example, when I was if I would like go to sleep and have a hard time going to sleep, which I always have had a hard time going to sleep, my mom would like come in my room and like use her hands over my head and like over, you know, my throat, my chest, whatever. Like she felt drawn to me, like needing energy around or needing balance around. Um, and she, I don't even think she knew this at the time, but she was essentially giving me Reiki energy with her hands and like really like using her hands to calm me. Um, a lot of the times, like she would place her hands on my forehead to like quiet my mind. Now that I'm trained in Reiki, I understand this and can even explain it to her. But um, just little things like that growing up where I felt like my spirituality and openness to energy and understanding energy was like constantly being reinforced. Did you find also, and I'm, I want to get into this at the end, so don't tell me yeah. too much, but I know that you are also 
clairvoyant, clairsentient, and claircognizant. So since we're still on your childhood, did you find yourself more um, sensitive to other energies at that young of an age as yeah, I always have felt, um, I honestly forget what Claret is, but I've always just felt that inner knowing of like, I can, I know what other people are thinking or how they're feeling. Um, like I've always identified myself as an empath because of that. But mm-hmm. I think as I got older and an empath to me means, you know, you, you are very absorbing, absorbent of other people's energies. Um, you can, feel something and you may not know why because it is actually like the other person's feelings and you're feeling it because you're an empath. Um, So I always kind of identified myself as an empath. But when I got older, I started to realize like, okay, I think that this is a little more than other people are experiencing. Um, And it was kind of like a a muscle that I felt like I was maybe flexing and building more over time because I do, I don't know, I, I think my personal stance is I think everyone has these, all the clairs, um, whether it's clairvoyant, clairsentient, whatever, all the different, you know, whether you can see things, know things, we all have intuitive abilities. And just like any skill set, I think the more we practice them, the more we can use the skills and get better at them. I, I say it like, you know, running, right? Anyone can run, but pe- some people are training for the Boston Marathon and really putting their all into becoming the fastest, best, um, you know, most enduring runner. Whereas me, I'm just out there like jogging, like shuffling through my playlist, like not really giving like, like walking half the time and listening to music. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Really give me my all. But if I like, I think if I really put my mind to it, I could obviously become a better runner. So I kind of relate that back to energy healing and also intuitive abilities as well. We, mm-hmm. It is all our birthright. It is all something that I believe we were born with. And over time, we just, as we don't flex those muscles like anything else, we kind of just, you know, let them fall asleep a bit. How would someone be able to flex those muscles? Yeah. So I think just practice. That's like, (laughs) that's the most straightforward answer. Probably not the one that people are looking for, but really just practicing it. Like there are so many different types of intuitive challenges you can play with yourself and tests. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll just give a couple as examples, but obviously this is something, this could be like a whole other topic as well. Um, one example is like, I'm, I'm holding a crystal right now in my hands. Hopefully you didn't see that. Oh my gosh, you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> Wait, let me pick a different crystal. This one's too big. I feel like I'm not going to be able to hide it. You, This isn't a spot. This isn't a test for you. But I mean, no, anyone, okay, okay, okay. Anyone who's watching, right? Let's just play. Okay. I have a crystal in my hand and I want you to focus on what's in my hand. Imagine the crystal, see it with your eyes, see what color you, you feel like it is, um, you know, what does the crystal feel like? What does it look like? Just imagine, visualize that crystal in my hand and I'll just let it sit for one second. Okay. Don't show me yet. Cause I feel it. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to show you the crystal now. Okay. Wait. Okay. And what? I want to guess. Okay. Go. I didn't want to put you on the spot, but. Okay. Okay. Neither did I, but then I just like wanted to get involved. Um, is it a green crystal? You're very, very close. Oh, I was getting a really strong aventurine. It's a turquoise. Okay. Um, just stuff like that, right? Like, 
And then you can get to know how your intuition was speaking to you because at one point you may have heard something more like bluish or turquoise, or maybe you saw the ocean, which to you means turquoise, right? So doing those types of exercises, you can understand how your intuition is speaking to you. So just uh, those little practices over time can help a lot. I also have um, another thing that I do is I'll go to like inanimate objects, like my desk, right? And I'll try and pick up on the energy of like, what I'm feeling from my desk. And it could be because, you know, that's how I was feeling when I was working at my desk earlier, or maybe someone touched my desk that was feeling that energy. So just, just little things throughout your day like that. Love that. I I see, I see that a lot on TikTok. I'll be scrolling and it'll be like an intuition test. Yeah. Um, but going back, going back, that was a fun little tangent. What is energy healing? What does that mean? What is Reiki for anybody who hasn't heard of this ever before in their lives? Yeah. Okay. Awesome question. So Reiki is a type of energy healing. So I studied a Sui Reiki, which is a it's a Japanese learning based um, under Master Sui. And that's a specific type of Reiki. There are other types of Reiki as well too, like Kundalini Reiki, um, all these different types, but that's what I'm, what I'm certified in. And um, have been taught to be a master. And so Reiki in general is the concept that we all are life force energy. We all have life force energy. Um, and Reiki really serves to balance and improve that life force energy so that we can live to our ultimate higher purpose and our ultimate well-being as well. So um, we all essentially have chakras within us. Those And chakras are spinning, spinning wheels, just picture like a spinning vortex of energy in your body. Each of your chakras, which you have seven major chakras, um, are just a bunch of spinning wheels of energy. And so over time, our wheels and our vortexes of energy can get um, dense, they can get um, slowed down, they can get murky, they can get dirty, they can get discolored, all based on the other energies that we're exposed to, um, all based on the stresses that we experience in this human human experience. So Reiki is really to serve and to help get those spinning wheels to their you know ultimate being, and to help you feel more balanced and aligned by doing all of that. So, what? Well, first, I want to talk. I kind of want to talk about the chakras. How might somebody know that? one of their chakras is off balance or blocked versus maybe one that's open and doing very well. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the times when you actually have the short answer to that is like physical symptoms will come out mm. either or emotional symptoms, just symptoms in general. Um, an example of a physical symptom could be your knee hurting, um, or it could be something more severe like, um, you know, heart pains, right? And then an emotional symptom could you, be you feeling a lot of anxiety or um, you feeling like you're not worthy, whatever that might be. But by the time you get to symptoms, the issue has likely been happening for a while. Um, so that's kind of like your body and your energy will talk to you. And it's really important for you to like learn how to listen to your body mm -hmm. before it gets to them those things, your body and energy screaming at you because ultimately yes. your body, your energy will give you subtle signs and, and basically, you know, picture it as a kid being like, listen to me, listen to me. And then if you keep ignoring the kid, it's going to be like, listen and start screaming. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, 
it's literally the same thing. And the scream is ultimately the symptom that's coming through. It's like a, a cry for help. So if I were to have a Reiki session with you and you feel all of my chakra energy centers and you might feel clutter somewhere, like huge blockages, you might find some are really open and I, I leave my Reiki session and I'm all cleared, right? How does that manifest in our life and our emotional well-being? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love these questions. Um, you will just feel like yourself. And what's difficult about that is we, you'll feel like yourself because you feel connected to your higher self. Mm. Um, what's difficult is sometimes we don't recognize what that actually is because we're so distracted and, you know, our daily lives and the stress and all these things that present themselves in this human experience. We kind of forget what that actually feels like until we experience it. So what that typically looks like for people is just them feeling more relaxed, feeling less stressed out, being able to sleep better, um, being at peace with themselves, being able to tap, tap into their intuition. It can also come out in the form of improving relationships with others too, because you are able to, you know, understand yourself, communicate your needs to people and really express that that ultimate being of love, because ultimately all of us, one thing we have in common, although we're unique souls and unique beings, we are all love. We're here in this human experience for the sole purpose of love. That's my personal belief. Mm -hmm. I think at our core, like our core frequency, although we have all these different vortexes and can experience negative energies, it, when we bring ourselves back to our core frequency, I believe that is the frequency of love. And so when we experience that, all all facets of our life, I think, are improved, whether it's career, mm -hmm. relationships, our personal like well-being as well, finances, you know, all these different facets ultimately are based on our vibration of love. Just so from what I'm gathering from you, when when we're all clear, it seems like everything falls into place for us. And therefore, because we are acting in accordance with or in communion with our higher self, everything around us also might start to fall into place. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally believe that my personal, so, some people listening might disagree with that. So. Well, of course, of course, of course, but we're here to have conversations with different types of people, take it or leave it. It's interesting. Yeah. Would you say I have, I'm like, have been really stuck on manifestation for months. Would you say when all of our chakras are aligned, it's going to be much easier to manifest? Yeah, I personally do believe that totally because you're the idea is for you to achieve balance and comfort and be at your be in alignment with your higher purpose, right? And part of that alignment with your higher purpose is realizing, you know, what you're meant to do, what you're deserving of, what you're worthy of, and that's a huge part of manifestation. Obviously, there's, you know, inspired action. Like just because your chakras are balanced does not mean you're going to be a millionaire. But, <laughs> but I do think that it's like a piece of the puzzle that will better set you up to be in that state of flow with the universe, right? To be um, open, to receive, to just really be connected to your higher purpose. Did you uh, go to get Reiki healing before you became a Reiki master? Like I before did. you even started training for it? I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, I felt very like randomly called to Reiki, honestly. Like I, well, we can get into this more, but essentially 
I had a near-death experience um, and I had very severe injuries from that experience. Like I broke all my ribs. I displaced my pelvic bone. Um, I couldn't, I basically couldn't move or walk for like six months. And um, a lot of the like repercussions of that, although I like think, think the universe angels, my protectors that I can walk and I'm perfectly healthy today. Um, but there were a lot of like side effects that lingered after like back problems, um, you know, just physical pains that were still lingering. And I basically like tried everything and someone had recommended Reiki. Um, so I did feel like that I felt like it was all like coming together for me. Like after that near death experience, like I think, yes, Reiki did help me with the immediate symptoms, but it also was like a huge part of my spiritual awakening process and discovering Reiki and really like realizing that that was my a piece of my soul calling. So was that the first time that your, so that was the catalyst to your spiritual awakening? I would say that my, my dear near that, my near death experience, the car accident that I was in was definitely the full force driver of my spiritual awakening. Oh, okay. Okay. And that ultimately, the car accident did lead me into discovering Reiki. So it was kind of, the pieces were coming together. How long ago was that car accident? It was in 2014. Okay. Okay. So you've been in this world, learning, perfecting, refining, practicing, exploring for nine years. I guess so. Yeah. Now that I say that, I was thinking, I'm getting old. Well, no, no, but I can totally tell. And that makes complete sense now because when we had our reading together, I felt so seen. It felt so aligned spending time with you. It felt so authentic what you were telling me. And it really showed that you are an authority in this area. So it makes sense that you've been working on this for so long. And that's why I asked. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And I, I do just like want to call out too, because I think in the spiritual community and like in this like woke community, I feel like there is kind of a layer of competition around like, you know, when people woke up or how much they know and like testing things, right? What's right, what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say like the teacher also becomes, you know, the, the teacher is also becomes a student and the student mm-hmm. teacher, especially like like I equally felt that energy from you during our session, even though, you know, I, I, in that position may have been the teacher, right? Um, but like now this is like a perfect full circle, right? Now you're the teacher and I'm, the yeah, teacher. <laughs> that's exactly what I mean though. Cause I think there is like a lot of competition with like when people woke up, how long they've been doing Reiki for, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it ultimately is like, no matter when you woke up, you might see people surpass you in their awakening journey. And there's no, it's not linear. I also could take 10 steps back in my journey and go through into like a deep depression. And that's fine. Like, I think just removing that judgment and and competition, because we're all on our own unique path, and the path isn't linear. And that's fine. I think that's beautiful. So you started your Reiki practice, like with other people and offering it as a service, how long ago? Um, that's a great question. I honestly, I wish that I knew the exact date so I could celebrate an anniversary. Maybe I'll just, uh, make it. but yeah, I, I think so. I've been doing it for like about five years as an official okay. business. 
that's just a rough timeline. But I think maybe I will come up with a birth date for my business. Dude, you have to come up with a birth date. And I, I've heard of a lot of people doing this. I'm sure you have too. And then do the birth chart of your oh, business. I can find when I filed my LLC for my business. And that would be like a good way. And to while you were practicing Reiki, I want to know, were there any particularly meaningful or trans hugely transformative experiences that either you had personally or that a client of yours had while you were working with them? Yeah, I, you know, this actually, it actually happens pretty like frequently in sessions. I don't want to say like commonly, but it does frequency wise. This is pretty typical in a session, I would say. But one of the most beautiful things that just like makes my heart light up in sessions is when I will be giving Reiki energy to someone and um, that person really doesn't is not tasked to do anything besides just laying there with their eyes closed and relaxing. And the energy exchange oftentimes leads to both people seeing the same exact images or receiving the same exact messages. Um, so one example of that, um, I'm just going to make this up because I don't want to share any sensitive information from a client, but an example would be like, if I was working on your crown chakra and all of a sudden we both just start seeing these beautiful blue butterflies, right? And like these beautiful symbols of butterflies, like opening up your crown chakra and then just this white light pouring out of it. Um, I will have like at the end of sessions, I'll just leave like 15 minutes to share things that either came up for me or give my client, the person receiving the Reiki, a chance to share their experience. And so many times we will share like very, very similar images, messages, um, like lessons that were coming through in the session, sometimes even affirmations where I will be saying to a client, like, you are safe, you are loved, you're supported. And they'll repeat that back to me as I kept hearing you are safe, you are loved, you are supported. And I just, I'm, I'm blown away every time, but I'm also just like, so like, it just makes me so happy. Yeah. And that must be such not wonderful reinforcement of the, of your skills it is. and all, all the work that you've done. Also, just how connected we all are to mm, my skills. Yeah. That's like, that would be like my, you know, ego boost. I know, I know. Just like part of it is like, we are so connected. Like anyone mm -hmm. who wants to argue the science of it, come at me. Cause I will, <laughs> I, <laughs> I love to go in. <laughs> I think that's, I, I love anybody that's willing to no, be don't. challenged. I'm just, I'm half teasing. Obviously I respect everyone's like beliefs. Of course, person, of course. But many people do question the science ar around Reiki and like just those examples. Like, I just think it's very hard to argue against, right? Well, what is it? What is something that you say to skeptics? Um, okay. So this is, I'm not going to take credit for this analogy. I heard okay. it somewhere <laughs> at the most basic level. Say you completely disbelieve in energy healing and that energy is even a thing at the most basic level, a scientifically proven thing is the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. So the placebo effect is basically, you know, say I give someone a pill and I tell them it's an Advil and then their headache goes away. It's the power of your mind convincing yourself that something is helping you. So even if you don't believe that Reiki is a thing, if my sessions are offering my client healing because they mm -hmm. simply believe I'm sending them Reiki and that Reiki is a thing, then 
job done, right? Like if someone comes to me with a, a physical pain and just because I offer them Reiki and the placebo effect kicks in, they feel better. Cool. Yeah, that's true. There's, I mean, regardless of what people think of it or, or how much they want to deny it or criticize it, there's going to be positive stuff coming out of it. People are going to be positively impacted. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want to share and what we all want to receive. Right. Yeah, totally. Of course. So like disclaimer, I do believe Reiki is a thing. It's well, like, yes. At, yes. The, at the most like basic level. Right. Right. You, that's what I would come at you with. Yeah. Um, so you don't just do Reiki though. I saw, and I'm so interested in, and we talked about this a little bit last week or the week before you also do work with past life regression. I do. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know anything about past life regression, except when I was a child, my Nana and my cousins would do these past life regression meditations together. And yeah. And I, we were young, like maybe seven, eight, nine, 10. And I don't know why I never did it, but they all came out with very concrete physical stories of who they were and what their experiences were in other lifetimes. So that's all I know. And I would love if you could fill in the rest. I love that. Oh, Reiki to past lives, but past life, actually, sorry, just to like zoom out past lives to me is a very personal and intense process. Mm -hmm. So I do always like, and I love talking about this with you. Obviously, this is like a trusted and safe space, but mm-hmm. I do. It's it's intense. And the process of someone going back into a past life and uncovering that is super intense. Also, you know, to you have to believe in past lives too. That's a whole other layer. A lot of people mm-hmm. might not believe in past lives. So just to preface, but um, there are many different types of past life practices you can experience. So some people will do past life readings and past life readings are, you know, it could be like tarot card readings, psychic readings that the reader can see and go into your past life and tell you about it. I don't do those. Um, but I know a lot of people who do, if anyone's interested, past life meditation, sounds like what your family was practicing where you can actually guide yourself. You guide yourself into, um, a meditative state where you can then experience or see your past life in some way. Then there's past life regression and that's what I do. So past life regression is, um, I, the I will put someone into a low level hypnosis. And I know that's how it sounds like, um, it sounds scary to a lot of people, honestly, but it is very low level, almost to a point where I'm putting you into a meditative state just enough so that you can relax. You still have like full control over your body. You know, I'm not going to tell you to do the chicken dance or anything like crazy. Like, (laughs) like, it's not that type of being hypnotized, but um, it just basically puts you into a state of surrender flow and ability to go into that meditative flow. So I will perform a low level hypnosis on the person experiencing the past life regression, they will then be able to enter their past life. So I will basically guide them through and um, they will experience it and see it for themselves. And I will be asking them questions throughout and they're telling me. So it is a very intense process. It usually takes like two plus hours to to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, And a lot of people 
it does take someone who trusts me too. We need to have a relationship where like, you know, a lot of people will reach out to me on Instagram and say, I want a past life regression. And I will just politely have to decline it because I don't feel comfortable doing that on someone who I don't know and who doesn't know me because I need you to trust me. I at bare minimum would love to like get on a zoom call with them. Let's get to know each other. Let's build a relationship, some trust before just entering the session because I need someone to trust me, to surrender, to give up their control in order to have this really beautiful experience. And a lot of the times what will happen if, if you don't have that level of surrender and safety, you just won't Mm -hmm. experience it. And that um, ultimately does not lead to like anyone being happy because it would be frustrating for both me and the receiver. So I, 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 the thing about past life regressions is that we have no control over what past life you are going to be brought into, right? I'm not guiding you. I'm not telling you, okay, now go to the time when you were in Paris as a nun Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. just very random, but Um, or go to the time when you were a goddess in ancient Egypt. I'm not guiding you into a past life. Ultimately, what past life will come up from spirit, from source, from your angels, is one that's meant to serve you, Um, a lesson that you're meant to learn, something that you've been dealing with, whether consciously or subconsciously, that needs to be brought up and revisited for you to have a better understanding of yourself and of your soul and your soul's growth. Um, And so we don't really have control over what comes up in in that session. I would also say just the, that's why I say it's intense. It's really important for you to be prepared in what comes up because without knowing what's going to come up, because something, something very big could come up or something very small could come up. One example that I'll give a past life regression that I experienced from someone else. I entered a past life and I was a male. Um, I was a man and I had a son and There was no trauma involved in that past life, although there certainly could be. I'll give another example of that. Um, There was no trauma. The lesson that came through for me was just experiencing what it was like to be a man and to understand what that experience was, um, what I was feeling, mistakes that I made in that life because I was taking on that masculine role. Um, And there was also a really a big lesson for me around isolation and like being more vulnerable with people as well too. Mm. So things that were very meaningful to me, but to, to listeners and to you, it may be like, you know, underwhelming, but then there's also, (laughs) then there's also past lives where, you know, someone will have always been so afraid of water. They've never wanted to learn how to swim. They've had this underlying fear of drowning for their entire life and they have no idea why. Um, And then we go into a past life regression and we find out that they drown in that past life. Mm -hmm. And, And in a past life regression, there's two views that you can have depending on how hypnotized you are or how deep you go into the hypnosis. You can either see your past life like you're watching on a movie screen, or you can actually experience it. So if you look down, you see your feet. If you put out your arm, you see your arm, right? Like you are in the body of your past life. So if you are in the body of your past life and you're going through a drowning experience, you can actually feel Uh the sensations of drowning, which is very scary. So, um, it, you don't, it's not like a traumatic event, but it is very like, that's an intense experience. Um, that you will keep with you and, and it will help you through dealing with your underlying fear. It will help you understand yourself. 
to not judge yourself, to work through a lot of that, right? You have this like, um, just this way deeper understanding of why. That's incredible because my cousin actually had that experience when she was doing the past life meditation of drowning. Yeah. So that's wild that you brought that up. And it was scary for her. Fires, maybe another one, right? Like have fear of fire or like, you know, this, that's actually one of my fears that I, um, I haven't experienced that in a past life, but I'm constantly afraid that I'm going to light something on fire. I check my stove a million times before I leave my house and like, you know, all these like crazy, it might be OCD. It might be a past life. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's what I'm picking up on is if someone were to do multiple sessions with you, they could go into different lives each time. Yes. Yes. And eventually, like if you're a newer soul though, eventually, you know, we might run out of lives and we would just have to trust that or, or we would just take the message that you're not meant to experience all of your lives. Right. So you just have to trust. There's a huge layer of trust for me. There's a huge layer of trust in your angels, guides, source, God, whatever you believe in that you will be served only messages that you're meant to receive and you can't force them. You can't be like, I want to go back into that life when I drown or not that <laughs> I want that, but right. Right. So it doesn't sound too much fun, but it sounds like after these, you have really good information to then move forward and work on, or maybe generational trauma you can point back to and begin breaking, breaking up. So it sounds like a really kind of good precipitator to a lot of therapeutic personal work and, and growth and freedom from some of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So when, when did you getting into practicing and offering services for past life regression happen throughout your spiritual journey? Yeah. So that is actually my newest service. Um, I think I officially launched it about a year ago. But it, it requires a lot of training. So um, I'm, I'm certified in giving past life regressions. I, I am a big believer that like, I know people say certifications aren't um, everything. And like, obviously, there's practice that's required in order to be like a, good at something. But like for past life regressions, I highly recommend that you work with someone who's certified because like I said, it's a sensitive mm-hmm. thing. It's very intense. And especially if you're trusting someone with your energy like that. Um, and ultimately like your soul experience, I would definitely make sure you do research, research and make sure that they resonate a lot with you. So when you're doing a session with a client and you're guiding them through this meditative state and asking them what they're seeing and what they're experiencing, do, is there a period of time afterward where you kind of sit together and digest that or explore that together? And what yeah. does that look like? Yeah, I would say it's at least a half hour usually that we talk through these things um, and just kind of unwind. Like you, um, you know, how, you know, the feeling of if you've ever gotten like a professional massage after a massage, like your whole body is just kind of loose and you almost feel mm-hmm. like you shouldn't drive home. Yes. That's ultimately like what you would feel like after a past life regression. So I always love to just like sit down with people and like have some tea, have some water, shoot the shit, chit chat. (laughs) And then that's when we'll like go into things too and just kind of digest everything that happened. Um, Things that maybe they, you know, lessons that came up for them, things that they had questions around or things that might've come up for me in the experience and just really rehash and digest things. 
So you might also be sharing with them messages that you received during the experience. Yes. Yeah. They will okay. ultimately experience it, but I do sometimes have like, um, just during really any of my sessions as I'm like channeling and connecting with someone's energies, there are angels and like, and guides and messages will come through just intuitively to me. So I always ask people like, do you want to hear what I have to say, what came through for me or no? Cause if not, like, I just won't share. It. Of course. So it, for all of your work, it seems like it's, you have to use your, you have to use your clairs because you have to communicate with other people's spirit guides and angels. And you have to very carefully get into other people's energies and their space. So what are some, I guess I want to start with, what are some practices that you have around all of that? Because I'm sure it can be really easy to, if you don't have boundaries, be bombarded with messages for a whole bunch of types of people. And then I also want to know like what you do after you do a reading for someone, because I'm sure that you need to reset hardcore. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I would just preface this that like, I think a lot of people as empaths, whether you identify as someone who's psychic and empath, probably a lot of people listening to this are empathic by nature, but mm -hmm. it's really important to do cleanses and to, to protect your energy. I'll talk about it a little bit more, but as you go through like your spirit, I just posted a reel about this the other day, actually. But I think I watched it. As you go through your spiritual awakening. Part of the process is you become way more sensitive to the energies around you. Like, and that's why a lot of people isolate when they are going through a spiritual awakening, because, you know, you're you're just, you don't know how to deal with how sensitive you are to what's happening around you. You're picking up on your coworkers being in a bad mood or your mm. mom being mad at mm. you or your sister being stressed out, whatever it is. And so as a default, we resort to isolation because we're like, what the hell is happening? Like, I just need to be alone and like identify mm. my own energy. Um, and I, I talked about this in, in the real, but for that reason, I isolated myself for like probably like a solid three months during my spiritual awakening where I just like didn't want to hang out with my friends. I just wanted to be alone. I couldn't deal when I would go outside and just be like so overwhelmed with the energies, noises, all that stuff. So I just want people to know that like if you're if that resonates with you at all, it's totally normal. You will get through it. Honor your needs. Like I would say definitely Isolate if you feel like you genuinely are being called to isolation, but know that eventually it's going to be really important that you step out of that because no matter what we identify as a spiritual being, an empath, a psychic, an alien, I don't care what you identify <laughs> as, we are still having a human experience. So no matter yes. how woke and spiritually awoken we are, we are still meant to be here right now having a human experience. And part of that human experience is learning from others, exposing your energy to others for your own soul growth. You could have a huge impact on someone else's life. And that involves integrating with the world around you. So isolate, do all those things, find all those inner learnings, but just preface yourself like, okay, girl, one day you're going to need to get back out there and expose your ener your beautiful energy to the people around you to learn from the people around you, to impact the people around you, all that good stuff. Um, so that's thing one. 
long-winded okay. answer, but um, the other part of this is just cl clearing and cleansing. Like after a session, it's it's unrealistic to think that you're not going to be exposed to other energies, negative energies, especially as a healer, right? But even if you're just an empath wandering in the streets outside, right? <laughs> Instead of look, instead of just isolating all the time, what I've learned to do is just cleansing myself um, after being exposed to energies. So if I'm if I go to a party or I go to the movie theater and there's a ton of stuff around, oh, yeah. me, I come home and I'll do a cleansing ritual. That can be you know saging myself, my space, my house, my closet, um, whatever that is. Or it could be in the form of you know taking a salt bath. There are tons of rituals mm -hmm. that you can either Google or feel free to reach out to me if you want more suggestions. But um, cleansing is a, is a huge part of that. And then the thing three is protection in advance. So I actually just put together a free guide. Again, if anyone's interested, feel free to reach out to me. But it's on how to protect your energy and how to set an energy bubble around you. So before you do enter those situations, if you know you're going to be going to a family event with a ton of drama and negative energies, right, you may want to set an energy protection bubble around you so that you can be exposed to those energies, but not absorb the energies. So I want to get really granular when it comes to you receiving these messages and experiencing these energies and, and getting, yeah, getting messages from from where? Where do you think these come from? Before I finish that question. Yeah. So I think it depends. Sometimes I, I try and tell people the difference. Sometimes I will get intuitive messages and I will tell someone, this is something I'm feeling intuitively from you. And that's me reading their energy. Okay. Um, and sometimes I will clearly hear from their angels or ancestors that will step forward. And I, I also will say where it's coming from too. So I'll say like, um, your angel's and spirit guides, sometimes they're like the same thing as well. Or I'm getting like an ancestral message where I feel like it actually is one of their ancestors coming through. Um, and yeah, so I try and differentiate that. I think that's a really good point because sometimes I think psychics or in psychic readings, mm -hmm. they'll give you advice and you don't know if it's actually from like God or from them. If they're like, oh, you should read more. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like yeah. sure, my angel said that I need to read more, but it's really like them. So I think it's really important right. to like differentiate that. When, when you're working with someone, what is your ritual for opening up yourself and opening up others to get into that space and to connect, I guess, your spirit angels with, with theirs or, or your intuition with theirs? What does that process of opening that up look like? Yeah. So there's, um, part, part of this, I feel like I can only ethically share some information just because as in the Reiki practice, there are certain like symbols and, um, like blessings that you learn, but okay. if you are like a train, but there, there's other things that, that I do as well. So if you are a trained Reiki master, um, you'll learn certain symbols that basically set the intention for the session, um, and open up those kind of like portals or um, energy exchanges, I would say. So there are certain symbols and also blessings that you can say. There's like, um, you know, Reiki practices that you can repeat in order to facilitate that too. So that's just more on the Reiki side of things. But um, if I'm just offering like a reading or any other type of energy exchange, I will normally bless the space with my own um, own blessing that kind of like intuitively comes to me. So. Uh, we'll set an intention 
together, whatever it is, right? Like if someone is seeing me to become more grounded, maybe we set the intention that we would like to offer this person with more grounding energy, help them feel more comfortable in their body. And I'll call in different archangels that um, are, are resonating with me, which is kind of hard to explain. But for some people, I'll just know that they're more connected and protected by Archangel Michael or Ezekiel or um, Uriel. Like there, there's a ton of different archangels that can come in and I'll kind of just intuitively know that. Um, and often or, and, or they could tell me, I feel really connected to this archangel. Let's call them into the space. So we'll, we'll kind of kick things off with a blessing and intention. And that way we're setting ourselves up for like better alignment and really just opening our energy to those things. I also usually do call in people's angels and protectors and ancestors. And I will say that out loud as long as they're comfortable with that. And how do you receive these messages? Is it just, is it something you see? Is it something you actually hear? Is it something that's just like bubbling up inside you that you feel like you have to say? How does that manifest? I have, it depends. It, it, it really does depend, but I hear, I do just like know things oftentimes and I will hear things a lot. I will say when I'm doing Reiki sessions, I tend to see things more because um, I feel like when my eyes are closed, I'm more visual and can okay. tap into like my third eye seeing things more. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely recommend like anyone who's looking to practice their with their third eye and intuition, try just closing your eyes and visualizing your third eye. Um, like see what your third eye looks like. Is it open? What color is your eye? And your third eye, for anyone who doesn't know, is in the center of your forehead. And it's representing your intuition and your ability to see beyond what is being shown to you. So um, that's an exercise that helped me open my third eye a lot, is just closing your eyes and visualizing and and connecting with your own third eye. Um, But yeah, Reiki sessions, I tend to like see imagery and see words like written on the wall of your chakras, which sounds crazy to wow. say, but um, like I'll just see, I'll see your chakra, the color of it, what it looks like, how fast it's spinning. And then like mm-hmm. words will come up in that, like whatever is like blocking it will just like, it'll be like written out for me. So how do you feel? How do you feel after these sessions? Once, once you've, what? (laughs) I said, it depends, honestly. Sometimes a session, like after our session, I felt amazing because your energy is great to work with you and you didn't really have, like, it wasn't that heavy. Right. Sometimes also at the same time, like I, just to be honest, I love all my clients. I love working with anyone, everyone. And that's my mission. I'm supposed to serve as a vessel to heal. Um, but sometimes it's heavy. Like I'm like, I have to cleanse my energy to make sure like I'm not picking up on this, especially if I have back-to-back sessions, because I could have a really, really intense session with someone who's going through a hard time and working through Mm -hmm. a lot of things and just very blocked. Um, and then before I bounce to another session, I really need to cleanse my space. I need to cleanse myself and make sure that I'm not passing that off to anyone else. I just want to hop in here and say, I noticed with your words, you prefaced it by saying, I love working with everyone, but sometimes there's heavy stuff. And I just want to encourage you or, um, I don't know, emphasize that we can still love what we do and also feel incredibly 
incredibly drained because you are any, any career, any job, any activity that you do that is helping and healing others, of course, is going to take something out of you. So I just, I felt the need to say that. And I'm sure you know this, especially as a teacher, like you're constantly being exposed to, um, not only are you the teacher and like the authoritative position to like be the person who needs to tell them what to do and Mm -hmm. the right one all the time, but it's also like a ton of energies. (laughs) Oh my God, Kiki. I have never, teaching is physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually exhausting. Because no, I'm not just a teacher. Teachers do so much more than that. I have, I'll have a, a student come in during lunch and crying in my arms about something that's going on in their life, or you know, going after school trying to advocate for a student who's in the foster care system who's like desperate to find a family. Like there are so many things going on, and I come home and I just. I would disassociate. I'm not a teacher anymore, but I would, I would disassociate. I would have to sit on the couch. I did not want to see friends. I barely interacted with my husband. I just needed to sit, watch TV and not think about anything else. So I think maybe that's where my questions were coming from, because I know from my teaching perspective, how draining it can be to deal with a lot of people um, and give to them and help them from my own emotions and my own heart and then experience how, what that, what that work did to me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But, and at the same time, I'm sure like, I won't turn this into me interviewing you, but I'm sure if I asked you and why do you, so why do you teach? You would have like such a passionate, strong answer around that. Yes. And yes. the thing it's, it's a balance because it is clearly a part of your purpose if you still do it even despite all those things. But at the same time, it's just important to get ahead and protect yourself. Like it can still be Mm -hmm. your sole purpose and you have to work through some of the, it's like the creative risk involved in actually pursuing your Mm -hmm. sole purpose and your sole calling. So beautifully said. That was incredible. So what are some, are there, (laughs) are there any like, are there any healing Reiki related clairvoyant related things that you personally do as a part of your daily rituals? And how do you integrate that into your own life as someone who does it all the time for work? Yeah, totally. Um, The most important thing I would say that I've learned is expressing gratitude as soon as you wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to wake up in pure chaos, not gonna lie. I'm a (sighs) night owl. I I was just saying earlier, (laughs) to Susie that I literally was up until 4am last night because I've always been a night owl, no matter what I do. And my angels love to come to me at night. They stay with me at night. They're talkative. And I'm like, girl, come back in the morning. Like, (laughs) I don't like for some, it's called witching hours for a reason. There's, but our, there's higher vibrations late at night and our angels and you know all those like witchy activities happen mm-hmm. at late hours um i think it's between like 3 and 6 a.m where yeah, like the vibrations right. are just crazy so a lot of stuff can come to you at night but it's super important if if that's happening to you ask the messages ask your angels whatever you're identifying them as to come back at a different time like try and get them to work on your schedule because that you can actually just request those things. Um, 
the other thing, so that would often put me into like pure chaos in the morning because I was up so late dealing with all these energies and just activity that was happening. And like the most important thing I think that I've changed is how I wake up in the morning and really just give myself time, flow, and gratitude to start my day. So just like, you know, um, one of my friends, Sarah, uh, I'll just shout her out. She's Sarah the Goddess on Instagram. But she said the other day, the the second that my feet hit the floor, I thank God. Like in the morning, the first thing, and I think this is so important. That's why, that's why I'm plugging her because that hit me like hard. Like yeah. the second your feet hit the floor, you have someone to be thankful for. It's an, right. it's one more day. And I think people, that's just something, it sounds so simple, but it's something that people overlook a lot of the times. Um, just, you know, being alive is right. so basic, but um but the other thing is just practicing like clearing rituals too. I mentioned this briefly, but I do that like mm-hmm. when I feel like I need it. Um, I don't pressure yourself to do it every day, every week, whatever. If you feel like there is density in your space, energies that are being built up, um, bad vibes, if someone came over and you just weren't feeling them, cl- cleanse your house. Um, mm-hmm. You can you can say things like, I do not want you here to energies that you're not feeling resonate with you, potentially like spirits, if that's something that you're experiencing, you can talk to those things and tell them that you do not accept them in the space to leave. Sometimes you just have to be vocal with that stuff. Um, And then, yeah, the other part is the protection ritual that I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge believer in energy protection bubbles. It's something that's helped me so much. Like, not absorb that's like the key thing is like you can be exposed to energies and not absorb them there's a huge difference with that Mm -hmm. no to them um dismiss them or sorry dismiss is the wrong word you can acknowledge their existence and reject them okay um so when you're talking about late at night you're getting these messages from your spirit guides what does that look like is it just coming like in the form of, I, I, I have been wanting to explore my spirit guides. Yeah. No, I have no connection. So is this coming in the form of downloads? Mm-hmm. Is it just like pew, 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 pew? Are you like writing things down as these messages are coming through? I love this, but I was giggling because I was like, wow, I'm going to sound like a loony tune if I answer this. Um, oh, I can't. That's what we love. Um, Great. So I, for me, my dad just passed away fairly recently in September. Well, it feels so recently. Um, And he comes to me a lot. So for me, like I obviously was very close to my dad and very close to my dad. I feel like sometimes I'm even closer with him now that he's on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will just talk with him directly. Like he'll come to me at night and I will literally be sitting in my bed up, like talking to my dad. So that's why I say, wow, I'm going to sound like a loony, but for what what kind of got me started with better communication i'm and i'm not saying that's like the typical thing or like if you're trying to communicate with your guides maybe don't start there because you'll just feel probably weird about it (laughs) so um but i i started journaling so i would just start um i would basically open up a channel with my angels and and ask for them to come through and you can say that in your head or out loud i would definitely recommend saying it out loud because i think the key thing a lot of the times your angels like are expected to hear everything and know everything all the time and it's just like sometimes they just vocally need you to request them right so you can just open up that channel and say like angels i want to talk with you can you please come through to me 
um, and thank them too. Like, don't ask them to do anything. Just say like, thank you for being with me. Thank you for protecting me in this life. I want you to like, just come be with me. Right. And then I'll just get out a pen and start journaling. And if nothing comes through, like, that's fine. Don't pressure yourself. Just kind of let it flow. But mm-hmm. I promise if you just sit in silence and welcome them, uh, some, some things will come through to you. So it sounds like, do you know what stream of consciousness writing is? Yeah. So it sounds like that's what you're describing is once you open that channel mm-hmm. and you ex- and you express vocally what you want, just start writing without without judgment, without stopping. Mm-hmm. And soon you'll find that some of those superficial layers um, start start leaving. Yeah. And then you get really good golden nuggets of either realizations or messages that were always in you that you weren't able to uncover before because of distractions or clutter. I love that practice. I have never, not that I've done it with my spirit guides, obviously, I don't really know them, but every time I do something like that, I always get some multiple, usually meaningful nuggets to take away, either to integrate or to better understand or to carry out and practice as I move forward. So I think that's a beautiful practice that you just, you just described. Yeah. And however it comes through too, if you don't want to write things like some, one of my other friends calls it a scribble session and she'll just like, she'll just let at it and just draw things, whatever words might come in, but it doesn't need to be this like beautiful thing where we like, like, I feel like, especially, I don't know, maybe this is just a me thing, but okay. I used to have like the perfect diary growing up and it needed to look perfect. And you're probably resonating because you're a Virgo. Yeah. But yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Ripped out the page and was like, oh, I need a new one now. Yes. Like my journals now are so messy. I would show you, but it's underneath my computer. That's okay. It's just a mess. And like, let yeah. it, be. let it, this is very hard as a Virgo, but just let oh, yeah. it be. Also, I use my phone a lot. I have like a, a thoughts tab on my phone. I'll just kind of, cause sometimes things will come to me when I'm in the shower. I do channel mm-hmm. messages a lot in the shower. Um, like I think people think of meditation as you need to be like sitting there, like, you know, in a meditative state, mm-hmm. but yeah. a lot of times messages will come through to you when you're driving, when you're showering, when you're doing kind of like mundane type, um, like thoughtless things. Yeah. And so like, I just have a notes tab of like just different things. You probably can't see different things, like <sighs> lot, but one of the messages that my angel said to me the other day, when someone shows you who you are, believe them, stop abandoning your intuition just to give others the benefit of the doubt. Right. Um, just like those like strong, and that was something specifically that I needed to hear. Um, Mm -hmm. but I will also share that with people like on, on social media or whatever that is. I think that's, that's a good point because I do, I do feel like I, I have in the past gotten messages because driving, like how many of us so dangerous to think about just get from one point to another with, and, and you arrive and you're like, I don't remember driving. Because you're not distracted, you're on autopilot, mm-hmm. and because you don't have all this nonsense going on, that makes your your mind is so much more clear to receive those messages and to hear those messages. Yes. Don't text in your notepad while you're driving either. But yeah. Voice memos, actually, I do that a lot, and then it'll okay. at least make it so... Um, like if I remember it, it'll be like, kind of like a mess, but at least I'll remember <laughs> the message to revisit right. there. 
So I have five fun questions that I want to ask you that were a complete surprise. I came up with them today. And um, I, I usually try to come up with like half funny generic ones and half ones that I create just for you. Okay. So first question. Easy. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Potatoes. <laughs> Do you want to know? Um, want to know yeah. So you can make potatoes in so many different ways. You can have mashed potatoes. You can have a baked potato. You can have French fries. You can just slice the potato and have it be like home fries. You can have. You can like, have hash browns. browns. Yes, hash brown. I didn't even think about hash browns. Tater tots. You can have tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. You could have latkes. Do you have a large Jewish population where you live? I don't, but I oh. appreciate that. <laughs> Incredible. This is, you've thought about this before. I I, but for a second, I almost said cheese and then I was like, no, nah, don't do it. <laughs> okay. Favorite crystal? Hmm. I, all my crystals are in this room. They're going to hear me. Oh, I'm sorry. But I think right now, I'll just say right now, uh -huh. one of my favorites is Jasper. I felt really called to Jasper lately, like for grounding. I think I just need, uh -huh. like I felt a little bit top heavy lately and like up in uh -huh. my upper chakras where I need to be like mm -hmm. pulled down. Okay, beautiful. I don't have, I have ocean Jasper. Oh, I don't no. have Jasper Jasper. Uh, what's your favorite time of day? Oh, wait, I feel like I can answer this question for you. Not the morning. Um, probably like 2 a.m. No, no, probably not like being completely serious. Probably like 10 yeah. p.m. Because I feel like that's like my time. That's when I don't have to do anything. I don't have to respond to anyone. I can just like watch TV or read or meditate. Mm. or I can do what I can have a glass of wine if I want to. And no one's going to judge me. Right. Yeah, that's true. So it's not necessarily because your brain is more active and focused and alert at nighttime. It's because everything that you've needed to do is gone. Mm -hmm. And then you have this free space to just do what Kiki wants. Yes, exactly. For some people though, I feel like they're, that could be like in the morning too. I'm, I just tend to be more like of a night owl. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what is a home remedy that you swear by? Hmm. I really like to burn things on my stove, like not food, but I come up with my own little concoctions on my stove. So I'll heat up water and this is really great in the winter when your home's like dry, but I'll heat up water, which creates more like condensation in the air and mm -hmm. makes your home like less dry and your skin better. Um, but I'll put like a bunch of different herbs and things that I'm feeling in there. So like a lot of the times I'll put lavender in there. Um, I'll put like orange slices and it makes your home smell amazing, but also mm -hmm. like brings the, that energy too to your home. So like lavender will help me go to sleep at night. Um, orange makes me feel like happier in general and um, like more clean if I use mm -hmm. like or citrus or, you know. I don't know if it's on TikTok or on Instagram or both, but that sounds very much like kitchen witchery. It obviously is. And there, do you follow the redheaded witch? I do. Yeah, I do. <sighs> Obsessed. I th I don't know if it was her or if it was someone else that was doing simmer pots a lot. Oh, I have to know. I immediately thought, I 
do you do you pull things in on purpose or intuitively when you're making these? It depends. Sometimes I was just going to recommend that. Like it is a cool exercise to just intuitively be like, this is what I want to throw in here because ultimately like your body could need that. If you're feeling drawn to laugh right. or maybe you need to relax or like chill out. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'll do both, but sometimes I'll be like, okay, I had a long week. Like I need to pull in these things to help me feel more balanced. Mm-hmm. That's a cool, I was not expecting anything close to that answer. I think that's so cool that you brought that up. We can't forget that the the simple things like that can can be remedies and can have so many positive healing effects. And you wouldn't even guess it because it's just water in a pot with some stuff. <laughs> and then my last question, did you go to college? That's not the question. I did, yes. Okay. Oh, that's Is, a freaking easy question. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what was your favorite class in college? Marketing. Yeah. I, um, Whoa. I, which is interesting now I've never thought about this, but if I needed to give a reason for like why I've always been very, um, interested in psychology and like the why behind like engaging people and understanding people and like the way our minds work. And I felt like marketing like gave me that outlet because I needed to come up with these like creative ways and like understand how people would digest it. And I I honestly in high school like would skip class a lot and like not really care. And then when mm. I took my first college marketing class, I was like, I'm going to do amazing at this. Like this is me. That's amazing. The greatest thing about college is you get to pick so many of your classes that you're interested in. It's and then you were immersed and invested and like excited to learn. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I don't have about like geometry anymore. Like cool. (laughs) Geometry makes me so sweaty and it always has. And every time I had to take a state standardized test or the SAT or even standardized tests that I had to take to like place in college, I just Christmas treat every single geometry question because I have absolutely no idea what is christmas treat i've never heard this before oh that's a teacher term um i just kind of bubbled in random letters for fun on the scantron love it i'm gonna have to use that i think it originated because if a kid uh just kind of wanted to just completely blow off a final they would use the scantron to like draw certain things in the little bubbles i got a lot of um curse words not directed at me but just because of the personality of the kid on some finals and stuff and they they make pretty art it's it's a very creative yeah creative creative outlet for them yeah maybe they didn't pay attention to any of my lessons and they didn't pay any mind to the hour and a half that I spent on their exam but they left me with a cute little artistic treat (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um okay so before we, before I have you shout yourself out and tell us where we can find you and what services you offer, do you want to pull that tarot card? Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm actually, this is partially going to shout myself out too, because I'm going to use my own energetic alignment Oracle card deck. Yes. So I created this deck and it is called the Energetic Alignment Oracle Card Deck. And it's designed to help you feel more balanced and connected to yourself. Um, so let's see what we get. I I was saying before we started that it's just kind of nice to close out um, a conversation with a card. Hopefully we can get something that resonates with people. Okay. What messages do the collective need to hear right now? 
Okay. So the card that came out, I'll just show quick. It's drop the baggage. And it's a reminder to stop lugging all that heavy stuff around you. Shed the layers and reveal your light. So yeah, what's coming through for me around this, it, it kind of ties back to all that stuff we were talking about, about picking up on other people's energies. But I think like, especially right now, collectively, we're going through like a lot of changes. People are ascending very quickly. Um, there's also mm -hmm. Mercury retrograde happening right now. And just like people are feeling a little bit chaotic. And I think it's just really important for us to like, you know, allow ourselves to release things that are no longer serving us. So like acknowledging those things, if they were serving you once well, you can thank them and say, you know, thank you for the positive things you offered me. I no longer need you. Goodbye. I release you. Right. Really just allowing yourself to get rid of any of that baggage, any of the density that you're holding on to. Wonderful. Thank you for that. I'm sure a lot of people needed to hear that. I'm glad. So where can we find you, Kiki? And what what do you offer? Okay. So easiest place to find me. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. So my handle is at Reiki with Kiki. Um, and then I have a website, ReikiWithKiki.com. I also am on TikTok as well, at Reiki with Kiki. Um, but yeah, you can check out all my service offerings on my website, um, or just, you know, find me through Instagram. I offer a ton of different customized Reiki healing sessions. Um, I also do offer past life regressions. Um, and then I do readings. So I do intuitive readings and psychic readings as well too. Kiki, would you be willing to do a giveaway for us? Absolutely. Okay. So for all of those listening, what what should we do? What should we give them? My Oracle card deck. That you made yourself. Yes. Beautiful. So anyone listening, what I need you to do is comment on the trailer and the teaser that I post for this specific episode. Tell me something that you learned that you found interesting that really resonated with you. And I'll give that a week and we will pick a winner. How does that sound? Sounds good. Thanks so much, Kiki. This was so fun. I I love shooting the shit with you. The energy is so easy breezy. This was a, this was a fantastic time, and you are a great podcast guest. Thank you gave you. me so Thank much information. Thank you so much for joining me this week for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general. I would love for you to subscribe so you'll never miss out on upcoming episodes featuring other brilliant minds and insightful topics. Also, don't forget to rate and review while you're at it. Your ratings and feedback mean the world to me and help me reach more listeners. So, Miss Dean loves you. Have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.